It's time for another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings and we are going to have part two of our roundtable from a couple of weeks ago. I hope you will enjoy that as we close it out. But before we get to that, there is some Mets news. Acting General Manager Zach Scott will not return to the New York Mets after being placed on administrative leave following an arrest on drunk driving charges uh, in August, and that is according to multiple reports. Ports. Uh, Scott's dismissal hardly a surprise after uh, the New York Mets fell apart in the second half of the season, missed the playoffs, and uh, didn't think he was going to stay. The Mets have yet to hire a president of baseball operations or a general manager, now they're looking at, and having a hard time getting people to even apply for the job. It seems that. Uh, a lot of people are not interested in coming to New York. And, you know, we have this thing in New York that we are New York City. Everybody wants to come here. No, they don't. No, they don't. People may have a good job where they are. Maybe they've got a family. Maybe they've got kids in school. They don't want to uproot it. Uh don't like it. Uh, Billy Bean didn't want to bring his family to the East Coast. He likes his life in Oakland, sunny weather, California. You know, what can New York offer other than more money and uh, more headaches? So don't get this in your head that because it's the New York Mets that everybody wants to come here. They don't. They just don't. Uh, there are some other issues, uh, granted. I'm sure there's organizational issues that are part of the problem. Maybe even Steve Cohen is part of the problem. Sandy Alderson is part of the problem. But let's also consider that people like where they are, and in this day and age, you can make a lot of money and be in a place where there's less scrutiny, be in a job where there's less scrutiny. Maybe everybody's not as ambitious as everybody else. Who knows? Um, it, it does seem odd that you would think that they would be able to land somebody and not have all these people decline. But um, who knows? They'll eventually find somebody and... Uh, we probably won't like the choice, but it's going to happen. And to get some insight, perhaps, on what the problem is, there's a terrific article by Mike Puma in the New York Post in an interview he did with Chili Davis, the former hitting coach. And uh, Chili kind of leaves a, a scorched earth policy, uh, if you will. Um, he takes no prisoners in this this uh, this interview and... He claims a lot of it, 
is, uh, you know, the organization's got people in it that are been there a long time. They need fresh voices. They need fresh people. They need uh, a, a new uh, attitude. Uh, that's part of the problem. And he said when he was replaced, the two two hitting coaches that came in were more worried about process over results. And as Chili says in the interview, the results are lousy. That means the process must be lousy. And he claims Conforto wouldn't have hit so bad if he was a pitching, a hitting coach. And you know what? I agree with him 150%. If he was here with Michael Conforto, Michael Conforto would not. I have said this many, many times this season that uh, the analytics and whatever the processes they were going through with Michael Conforto was totally wrong and that they were ruining him. And uh, one of my favorite players, and I'm sorry to say that uh, he probably won't be back next year because of it. Maybe it was done on purpose. Who knows? You know, he's a Scott Boris uh, client. He's coming into a free agent year. Maybe the Mets thought if he, if I, you know, I can't believe that they would want him to fail. But you never know. We get off to a slow start. I, I just think when you look up and down the lineup that the, uh, you know, McNeil didn't hit. Uh, Conforto didn't hit. Guys struggled. Smith didn't do what he did the year before. Um, you know, it, it had to be something. And if you've got a hitting coach that's looking at the process of what they're doing and not the results, as Chili Davis says, that if the results are lousy, the process must stink. So um, it's a terrific article. Catch it, to, you know, you can catch it online on the New York Post app, but uh, catch it somewhere because it is really an eye opener. Uh, he goes on to say about uh, now former. Uh, acting general manager Zach Scott, that he's not really a baseball guy. He doesn't think he's more of an analytics guy, and he respects Steve Cohen, um, but maybe he's got to take a different approach because his business is, is big in analytics, but you got to have some on, you know, you got to have some feel for the game. You can't have all the analytics in the world. And he goes on to discuss a lot of things. The lineups were pre-built and, uh, but you don't, you know, somebody upstairs doesn't know how a player feels in the batter's box or in the batting cage. And, and the coaches are there. The coaches should be able to say, you know, maybe you should sit him, Skip. Uh, this guy doesn't feel well today. He's got a headache. He's, he's got a sore hand. He's got something or other. Uh, sit him down. And he goes into other details about um, change-ups. And, and uh, he was, they were told about uh, in a game that Jake Arrieta was pitching against them that he, he threw. He's averaging seven, uh, seven uh, change-ups a game and uh and and uh the Mets uh, uh, Chili Davis says he remembered him throwing more than that and in this particular game 
he did. He ended up throwing it, or maybe 7% of the time. He ended up throwing it 15% or, or what, and uh, completely baffled them because they had not prepared for that. And he wondered where the analytics are. It's, it's all in the article. It's a great article. I'll try to get him on Mike Pumer if we can, but uh, a terrific article, so go check it out. And uh, it, it really opens some eyes into not only the world of baseball, the world of analytics, the Mets itself, their organization. There's some things in there that are very interesting. So go check it out. Um, and let's see. The, the Mets announced the four players, Jose Martinez, Jose Peraza, Robert Stock, and Corey Oswalt have all cleared outright ra- waivers. Each one has elected for free agency. The Mets have a significant haul of players sent to, at the, the open market this winter. Um, Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, Rich Hill, Aaron Loop, Jerice Familia, Brad Hand, Heath Hembry, Javier Baez, Jonathan Villar, and Michael Conforto. And you can add Kevin Pillar to that as he's opted for free agency the Mets had an option that they declined and he had a player's option that he declined so uh Kevin Pillar is also a free agency the Mets also have many of their best players arbitration eligible this winter including Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, J.D. Davis, Luis Golorme, Brandon Nimmo, Tomas Nasa, uh, Tomas Nido, Joey Lucchese, Trevor Williams, Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, Miguel Castro, Robert Gizelman, and Drew Smith. And of the bunch, it looks like, um, you know, Lucchese and Gizelman could be non-tender. Gizelman did come back at the end of the year and pitch. Lucchese is out with Tommy John surgery. They could non-tender him a contract and then offer him some kind of uh deal uh he's not going to pitch this year anyway we don't even know if we're going to have baseball this year anyway so uh but still you have to you have to go on um as if there is going to be a cost there's going to be a, a season you cannot sit on your laurels but uh, uh that's that okay um that's the news up to the minute that I've got, and uh, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with part two of our roundtable discussion right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mets Musings. On Twitter at Mets Musings GM. 
the Instagram is Mets Musings and on YouTube at Mets Musings Mac. Wish to be a part of the show? Give us a call at 516-619-6341. And, and so I don't know how you guys feel about signing Baez or not. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it for the, for the reasons that we've been discussing, that they don't have a manager, general manager. You know, if you hire, a, uh, uh, you get your general manager, you get your manager, and then their philosophy doesn't work with, with Baez. He doesn't fit into their philosophy. I mean, then what are you going to do? Then you got a guy you're paying 40, 30 million, whatever he's going to ask for and get. And, and, you know, he's still swinging for defenses and striking out when you got a, a manager who's preaching contact. I, they do things ass backwards in this org. This this organization is so dysfunctional that even a change in ownership didn't do anything. Gary, it's it's yeah, it's Gary. almost like they got to you know fire everybody, ticket takers, vendors, hello, uh, uh, you know, uh, accountants. No offense. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I mean, blow the whole thing up. And Gary, you say, let me just finish quickly, Len. If you're going to do that, so be it. That's fine. But at the same time, you're saying sign a Freddie Freeman or an Anthony Rizzo, which kind of goes against the logic of just blowing the whole thing up. I guess we'll talk about bias shortly, but I interrupted Len and I apologize for that. So Lynn, Well, I tried to interrupt so, Gary. So Barry. Well, we, we interrupt Len all the time. <laughs> yeah, but so again, here, this is this is what I say what you're saying because i wanted to get in you're talking about Baez, and is it going to be with the new management is right you have to get your house in order before you invite guests did you get that you have I, to I get your house in order <laughs> before you invite in guests len can i quote you on that there that is my quote i made that up <laughs> And I used it here on Mets Musings. I should have used it on Baseball and Barbecue. But that is what they need to do. Their house is not in order. So you can't invite anybody. You can't. I mean, I'm, I know I'm joking around, but it's actually very true. You're right. They, they, if they're, you're right. They do everything half-assed backwards. They'll, you know what? I'm surprised they'll, they'll probably, they'll probably <coughs> sign a manager. Right. And then they'll bring in the GM and, the and then they'll bring in the GM. Right. And so well, we'll have a completely different philosophy. Right. You have to you do. You have to. They need to get the top done and then it can flow down and then they can get the players. They But they and and but they move like snails. They they move so slowly. And I know. They're getting rejected and they're being told they can't talk to people. But I can't believe that they don't send out multiple feelers and, and bring people in. What is the deal? Is it one a week? Of course. You know, come on. They get, they've got to do that because then these players, they, you know what? Baez won't be around. If they want Baez, it'll be like, I, I couldn't wait for you guys. Other players, same thing. They've got to get together quickly. Get the house in order. Well, then you again, invite the guests. 
they'll have a month window as everybody else will between the end of the world series and the uh uh and the the contract uh, uh expiring on december 1st will they be able to to come to some agreement on a contract i don't know it doesn't seem to but i don't know how far off they are uh, I think the main one of the main sticking points now is they want to do away with the uh, what is it the service time or something and uh, I read it the other day and I should have saved it I forgot what it was but uh, the the union wants some ridiculous thing like they can become a free agent in in a couple of years and you can't you can't have a a, a guy that they signed at sixteen or something you know what I mean. Uh, I, think, I think I think the owners' uh, counter proposal will make make uh, all players like free agents at age twenty nine and a half. Which, to your point, oh, Le- yes, Gary, like that. which to your point, you know, a guy like Juan Soto would be uh, with with the uh, Nationals for ten years. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so they're not going to go for that. They're not going to go. The, no, the the uh, the the union won't go for that. Right, the union won't go for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh... No, I could sit, make it uh, 27 or something, 28 or something. But some guys don't come up until they're 25. Right. But at least you get a couple of years out of it. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, haven't heard anything about the DH. That's another thing. I mean, it, it's just a mess. And and this team is just such a mess because they've got, you know, uh, 38 uh, designated hitters on their roster. And, and nobody to play left field. Right. You know, it's it's nuts. Well, you know, I, you know, when Steve Cohen came in last year, after you know, this is what year one. They expected miracles to, you know, win the World Series in year one. You know, that was so unrealistic. I mean, well, year two is going to be un- unrealistic. I mean, I and I really blame them. I really do blame the media for a lot of that. They love to gaslight the Mets fans. And they love when the Mets losing because that's their story. They, that's when they get the clicks. You know, you don't see that happen with the Yankees. Not at all. But I, I think, too, he didn't help matters by saying that they're going to win a World Series in, in five years and I'm going to spend the money and I'm going to do all that. And then and then the whole debacle with the the general manager and then the pictures coming out and then it came out about Callaway who was here and who knew, you I, know, I guess people knew uh, about Callaway, but uh, this, well, regime, this regime didn't, thing. this regime did not hire Callaway. Well, but apparently Alderson knew about it, but Alderson say, didn't he, hire Callaway because wasn't, I, I, I might've got yeah, the timeline. He did. He did. He did? He did. Okay. Yeah. But then, yeah. Okay. Or he uh, kept him right. Right. Well, no, he did hire him initially, and I think Van Wagenen didn't he? He inherited right. Callaway. All right, but but um, I, I remember uh, Alderson leaving for a time. I don't know whether that was before he hired Callaway or after. He, I don't remember, but I but, uh, think yeah, I think he hired Callaway. But but anyway, it's all of that. Diagnosis. Callaway is a better golf club than it is a manager. That's right. Can I quote you on that one? Fine, fine product. And that refer yes, and that refers to Gary's other show 
Ah, the golf chip shots. That's right. I'm trying to. Chip I'm trying shots. to give you some plugs there, Gary. <laughs> Available on YouTube and podcast. Chip shots, and it's a new edition out today. So go check it out on YouTube and on Anchor.fm/slash Chip Shots. You are welcome. <laughs> All right, Carlos Carrera gets an operation. <laughs> Carlos Carrasco, I should say. Uh, removed bone fragments from his right elbow. He'll be okay for spring training. I think we told us that last year, right? That he was going to be available for spring training. <laughs> then tore his hamstring, and we saw him in September. This was a, a you know, I hope he gets better, but it's really a non-story. If he's going to be ready in spring training, you know, let let do what he needs to do to get get ready. That's what's really a non-story. Uh, do we sign Syndergaard? Len. I can let you go before me. I think you have to. Yes, I think you have to. This is one of those where you you have to sign Syndergaard. Uh, it's it's tough because obviously he's coming off of uh, you know the surgery, but you if if he walks, I, I mean, what do you? Yeah, you got you got to sign. You got to sign Syndergaard. You got to take a chance another team will definitely take a chance on him. And we talk about Cohen with all this money. That's, that's an investment you have to, uh, you have to do, you have to, you have to sign him. I'm no, not no. saying you, you, you have to give him this huge contract, which he might get somewhere else. I doubt it, but, but you got to do something. You got to keep him. Well, the qualifying offer is 18.4 million. No, you got to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But, and I look, I agree with you. Len. I mean, you got to keep some cigars. But let's point out that I think last year, Corey Kluber got coming off Tommy John's surgery, got 11 million. I mean, and, and we know that the first year back after, you know, Tommy John's surgery is not always the best. I mean, you know, when, when Wheeler came back, he was good for half a season and then he regressed and came back for another half a season. Yeah. Obviously everybody's different. And I think, look, I love Syndergaard. But 18 million is, is a lot for a guy who you, you to take a chance on for, you know, who knows what's going to happen first year after after time of John surgery. Now, I, I would be open to, you know, maybe a two or three year incentive laden contract where it's less than 18 million dollars. But then again, it's not my money. Mets can certainly afford it. But what he's what Cohen doing is going to raise it up for everybody else, which I know the owner is not going to be very happy about. But then again, who so cares? you're talking about like a three year, 30 million, 24 million dollars. That's not a bad idea. And, and uh, a lane in it. So it yeah. could go up to uh, 50 or 60. Exactly. And, and in the first year, you know, you I don't, I don't expect a lot in the first year. So, you know, you know, make it a, a gradual climb, you know, each year. Yeah. Gary, yeah, your name. No, I have no problem giving offering Syndergaard the qualifying offer. It is a lot of money to give an $18 million contract coming off of basically not pitching for two seasons, but where the Mets, if they're going to invest in the free agent market, it's, it's got to be in pitching. You never have too much pitching. When we, we even saw the Dodgers who we thought had more pitching than, than anybody in the history of baseball have it fall apart on them when three top stars went down and they couldn't overcome it. But 
And let's let's go back to bias because you brought it up a couple of minutes ago, Gary. Because it, it's a tough call. On one hand, I agree with everything you said about him, the strikeouts and all the other craziness uh, with the thumbs down. But he's he also has the athleticism that I'm, I'm just wondering if anybody else on the Mets have, has. And the Mets defense is. is Below par, I won't say it's terrible because statistically they actually improve this year. But you have to be strong up the middle, and you put Baez at second with Lindor at short. You still have Nimmo, who turned out to be a pretty decent center fielder. You have McCann, who was okay as a defensive catcher, and you have, and you have a good start, at least as a defensive team. And then the other positions. Yeah, they could they could use a third base, but they really could use a third baseman. They'll probably need a right fielder. They'll probably offer Conforto the qualifier, and he probably won't take it. And that that leaves you with positions that are open and maybe just fill in until the Vientos and the Babies and Will Mauricio, like you said, comes up. Not as a shortstop, obviously, and also another thing. Get back to the free agency in a second. When the Mets traded for Lindor, and of course, when they traded for him, considering who they gave up to get him, they had to sign him. They, they just had to. Did anybody on either side think maybe there should have been an opt-out clause? Because I don't think there is one. And it would sure be nice if both sides had one, just in case Lindor hated it here or was a total bust, which he pretty much was, even though he had a good September in his first season, his his year was terrible. Or maybe it would give him an opt-out if he just didn't want to stay. But as far as I know, his 10-year contract, which starts next season, has no opt-out clause. So, I mean, I, I think, I don't think it does. If, if I'm wrong about that, please tell me. But getting back to what the Mets should do. I, I think they almost have to offer Syndergaard the qualifying offer or try to, like Jeff said, sign it to maybe a two or three year deal. But let's say, let's say, we'll throw a number out there. Let's say 36 million to 40 million with some incentives on number of innings or games he starts. So that 36 to 40 million can jump up to, let's say, 50 to 55 million, and then just spend the rest of the free agent money on pitching because, again, you never have you never have too much pitching. The pitching staff, obviously, after DeGrom went down this year, was toasted. The bullpen was overused, and it was a disaster. So where the starting pitching comes from, I'm not really sure, but there are, there are quality pitchers out there. The Giants certainly used it to their advantage with a lot of guys that you wouldn't think of his top pitches, but it got them to 107 wins. So if you're asking me, Baez, I, I'm 50-50 on it. I, it would not break my heart if he walked, but I would have no problem with him staying either. Not for a ridiculous 10-year contract with no opt-out, but let's just say, and again, he may not take it, but if you offered him, say, a four-year deal, maybe a five-year deal, and he's your everyday second baseman for the next five years. I, I, I think I'd be okay with that, in spite of the flaws in his game. There is no opt-out provision in the contract. There is a 15-team no-trade clause. 
but no opt-out provisions. So they are stuck with each other for 10 years. So uh, just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, what about Marcus Stroman, another free agent pitcher? Sign him. <laughs> he was, let's say, that's, I, Len, he, he's right. He was the best pitcher on the Mets this year. I mean, notwithstanding Grom, he, this guy's took every start. My only concern with, with Stroman, and he's asking for a lot of money, but they all are. I get it. But for starting pitching, I mean, you're asking a pitcher to go five innings, five and a third, and they're out. I mean, that's got to be that's crazy to pitch to give that guy money, so much money for, for half a game. Unless they make it seven innings game, then it's most of the game. But you know what I mean. It's 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 crazy then money. It's for, almost a complete game. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> money to pitch into the sixth inning. But I know that's the way the baseball is going. That's the way it's going, unfortunately. And uh, he did get the qualifying offer ready, so they cannot make him a qualifying Ooh. offer. Uh, and he got. The, what last year I think it was 17 and a half million something like that was a qualifying offer actually it was so, 18, 18 9 it actually went down this year it was 18 9 oh it went down this year okay yeah. 18 so that means he's got to be looking the lowest he'll probably goes 20 million a year and he'll probably want seven years um, he's probably going to look for something like seven to 10, 200, something like that. I would guess. Um, I, you know what? I, I don't know. I I'd offer him five at uh, 125. That's 25 million a year. I like to keep things even numbers. It's easy. Yeah. I, I don't have to do difficult math. Then. And it'll be insulted. And it'll be insulted with that, with a, that contract. Yeah. Well, well, if that insults know. him, then you let him walk because that's a yeah, good deal. That's what that's I a say. Good offer. That's a good deal. Yeah, that's a good for offer. a 500. And he and mm-hmm. and he's still a 500 career pitcher. Yes. Right. That's a very good offer. Yes. You know who you I, I, I would have said? I would have said someone like Max Scherzer, who's an ace, who's a, a bulldog who goes out there every day. But then uh, then this past week in, in the playoffs, he, he couldn't go for game six because he had fatigue. Now, like I said, I'm an old coot. I remember the days when pitchers used to go game, pitch one game, one, four, and seven in the, in the World Series or playoffs. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but so, but in, in his defense, he does pitch a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, he pitches a lot and doesn't really miss a term. So I can understand that he may be, he, he may have had some fatigue at this point of the season. And he is 37. But I to think, give right? money like that, you gotta have gotta be a guy like that. Well, he's gotta be, yeah. But you gotta use him wiser. That's the the thing, you know. Um, I, you know, it, it seems like he was pitching every other day once he got team to the Dodgers. It, it seemed every time they were on TV, we sure So I, I didn't. Who knows? Maybe they overworked him. Maybe they should have took him out of a game a couple of innings earlier. You know. Um, Maybe, Especially maybe. since they knew they had the wild card sewed up, so maybe they, I, they, I don't know. Maybe they trade for Bauer. Let let the Dodgers pay him. We'll take him off his hands, and uh, 
Let him pitch for us. Bauer? I'm, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Yeah, that would go. We, we I'm only put kidding him with our GM. In this city, I don't think that would work. No, that was good though, Jeff. That's what this show needs. Controversy. Well, I'm saying that that's why people will listen. The Dodger will pay him, and we'll just yeah, yeah, trust. Yeah. Exactly. We'll give him a bag of you. balls. Matt Harvey's a free agent again. Oh please, please. <laughs> uh, he that I mean, you know what? I got to say something about Matt Harvey. For all of the, you know, for for how much um, abuse he took when you know he was partying and whatever, he has certainly done everything possible to stay in the game. He works his butt off. You hear everything you hear about his teammates all say how hard he works. The guy is, the guy is really busting it to try and stay in the game. So you got to give him a lot of credit. Matt Harvey really, he deserves a lot of credit because he, he obviously is not the Matt Harvey he once was. And yet he's doing everything he can to stay in the game and it can't be easy. So because I think he owes Scott though. Boris money, probably. <laughs> He's got to make no. it back. No. Matt so Harvey. Now you're, right, you're getting pounded like every start. And unfortunately, he was on a good roll. Then he ran into the Mets. They, they annihilated him. Um, Matt Harvey needs to move to the bullpen. He needs to do what Oliver Perez did. He needs to be a one or two inning guy where he can just cut it loose and and redeem his career. That's where his rebirth in a career is going to be. Uh, will he do it? Who knows? Scott Boris will probably talk him out of it, but that's what he's got to do. He he seems to he can get by an inning or two. He's always going to have games, of course, where they, they're going to bomb him. Everybody has it out of the bullpen. We know that. But if I think he could be a formidable relief pitcher, either in you know, a short role or setup or a closer or a setup role, but he's got to have that mentality and he's got to get to that point. And, uh, you know, we will see, uh, Aaron loop is another guy that, that they're going to lose. They're definitely going to lose him. I think to free agency, he's a free agent and people could be interested. Dodgers probably could jump all over him. Again, uh, good good pitcher for the Mets. One inning, and he pitched fifty four innings, and he's well. That's his job. I I understand that, but you know, three four million dollars to pitch fifty innings. A lot. Yeah, of money. I know. It, it's a lot of money, but that's... the way the game is going, guys, I that is the way the game too. is that's, going. That's you're absolutely that's why right, man. That's why we're paying thirty dollars a ticket or whatever mm-hmm. they go for now. It's you uh, can't put Mike, the you, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> I mean, you it, it it is what it I is. I did yesterday. I did it. I, oh, you you, know. you were able to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Len, now you're just oh. a plagiarizing quotes. I heard that one before. Yeah, no, that one I didn't make <laughs> up. Okay, that one's not mine. But no, but these guys and and especially now with the relievers having such a, a prominent role, I understand fifty four. It's crazy. To think that he pitched 54 innings, that's wow. <laughs> but, like he pitched more, he seemed like he was in every day, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, well, uh, Michael Conforto, Ooh. sign or no sign? I don't think we sign him. I think I don't think he takes the qualifying offer, and with that agent, I think he's gone. 
Yeah, he's gone. I, I give him a qualifying offer. He'll, he'll, he'll say no. Which for him, I mean, he had a lousy year. I mean, you I'll know, let he, him walk. Yeah, but you know what, Glenn? His agent's going to compare him to Bryce Harper, which he's not. Not even right. close. That's he, why I said I would let him walk. He's a I would not sign Conforto. Like a two fifty career hitter after what six years now, not worth it. But. Right. But you're gonna give him a qualifying offer. They'll 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 decline it. He'll sign. I think he'll sign with Seattle because apparently they they it's a haven for Met, former Met players, and they're on the way up, and it's near his home in Oregon. So, and he'll win the AL MVP, tri- yeah. win the Triple Crown, and, and then Joe Sherman uh, of the world would go L O and a Gold Glove. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, Joe Sherman's of the world. They're gonna be laughing at the Mets again because that's what they love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? It's a case of we become in love with our players. Conforto is, you know, he's a Met, but you 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 can't uh, fall in love I'll with I'll tell the you exactly what happened to Conforto. The coaching in this this city, this town, they screwed him up so bad because they, you know, one guy's telling them one thing, one guy's telling them another. I think when he came up, he was such a pure hitter. Boom, left field, center field, hit all over, all fields. Then they come here, and right away, they want him to hit home runs. So he hits 35 home runs, and then they go, oh, great, you're a home run hitter. No, he, he was a hitter that could hit home runs. But you cannot take these guys and try to make them all into power hitters. It's like Sandy Alderson is on this thing. His two biggest things seem to be pitchers that throw the ball 100 miles an hour and hitters that hit home runs. And if they strike out 300 times in a year or 200 times, he's okay with that. As long as they hit 35 home runs, 30, 30, 40 home runs. You can't. That's not a winning attitude to have. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I think the game is evolving again, and it's gonna evolve back to basic baseball. You see, the Astros don't. You know, they've got hitters that can hit home runs. They're not all trying to hit home. Look at Altuve. The guy won a batting title, and then he, and he can hit 27, 30 home runs. You know, and he steals bases, not so much this year, but, you know, they they try, they run, they even bunted. It, it's it's evolving back and and the Mets are always on the tail end. So when when it starts to evolve back to the power, the Mets will be going to the speed. They're like behind everything, and I don't know why. And and I, you know, I, I, you know, you got almost wonder: is it Alderson? Is Alderson the guy that's screwing up this organization at this point? Gary, I got a question for you. Um, how long have you been doing Mets musings? Um, ten years. Okay, so you've done Mets musings during prosperous times, and you've done Mets musings during. Disaster bad times, right? Okay. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff and I had a couple of people on our podcast and they were uh, from a Mets podcast. And I brought up the point with them. That you can mention their names. 
<laughs> okay. It's the Metzian podcast, right? It's uh, Michael Colant and Sam Maxwell. Um, and You're terrific uh, guys. Yes, absolutely. I, I just great guys you know, been on wanna... their podcast. Yes, yes, you have, and they are great. And um, they're not Gary Mack, though, and they would tell you right away <laughs> they are no Gary Mack. Because I know Gary Mack, and they are no Gary Mack. <laughs> Gary Mack. Anyway, can we get back to the point? So yeah. I, I asked them, I said, do you guys feel, and, and I, only, I only thought of this because, you know, you, you have obvious reasons to rant and to be upset, and you, you do this weekly, and it can definitely get to you sometimes, I'm sure. I asked them, I said, do you guys think that you have better shows when the Mets are not doing well and you can complain and rant or when they are doing well? Now, they, of course, want the Mets to do well, but that wasn't the question I asked them. So I'm going to ask you, um, do you find that you, when the Mets were doing well, that you did shows that you enjoyed doing more than you, than when, you get to rant about the Mets? It's a twofold answer, really. Uh, I would have to say that you can do, probably do a better show when they're lousy uh, because you do get to rant. Uh, however, if you do it too much, it starts to turn people off too, because they why does somebody want to tune in and listen to you rant every week? So it, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, a tough balancing act. And I ran into that problem this year and and skipped weeks because I was so ticked off, and that I said, well, you know, last week I was ticked off. I can't keep doing this every week because then it's not fun for me. It's it's not that much fun either because all oh, I got to do a podcast. Oh, oh, they suck again. They lost five out of seven. You know, it's diff- it's it's not easy. It's very difficult. Even if you have a guest on, it's hard because uh, then you're like, all right, so you, what are you guys doing? What do you think the men should do? And then blah, blah. It, and it's very difficult. It it is. It it's you need a you need a combination of a good season with some bad breaks in it or, or something, <laughs> so you can rant every now and then about something. But for the most part, have be on more of an even keel. It's it's that's the best answer I can give you to that question. It it's it's you know uh, I don't know what they said, but. It's it's a difficult situation. Okay. I hope that answers your question. Yes. <laughs> good, I good forgot question. for a second. This isn't our show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Barry. No, that's a that's a great question. It's food for thought. And Gary, I, I do agree with you. At some point, you're just repeating yourself. But yeah. you see the same silly fundamental errors they make. How much? How, how much can you say the same thing without turning your audience off? But at the same time, you always end your show with the keep the faith. Well, Stay optimistic and let's yeah. And I, I'm sure trying, even though the evidence points to the, the contrary. 
I guess and, you that's know, what we're talking about tonight. You know, there were a couple of shows that she I couldn't even bring myself to say that. I just ended the show because I couldn't I couldn't say it because I didn't feel it. I, I how am I gonna tell I just ranted for, for a half an hour and how am I gonna tell everybody well keep the when, when obviously I had lost mine. <laughs> You've lost so, your way. I remember the Astros. Uh, had to endure three 100 loss seasons before they went on this tremendous run there on the three pennants in five years. Try selling that to the Mets fans who were now 35 years without a world championship, but you're going to blow the thing up, but you're going to have to endure. No, no, but it can't, it, it can't do that in New York. Of course, you, of course you can. Now in the early it can't do that in New York, but there is a but way. In the early days when the Mets were terrible, they weren't they could, Astros 100 lost terrible, but they were a bad team until 19, you know, the second half of 1983. And then gradually you saw the strawberries come up. There's yeah, a way to do it properly, though, to, to be able to turn it around. Yeah, you have to you do, it do a precision. Yeah. A precision blow up. Yeah. Mm. Look what the Yankees did. I mean, not too, not too many years ago, they, they, they traded Chapman. They, they, they got him back. They got him back. <laughs> uh, they they rebuilt. I mean, they didn't win anything. Obviously, we know they they didn't win anything yet. They didn't win the World Series yet. By the way, the Mets are the only the last New York team to make it to the World Series. Just want to point that out. But uh, they, they're always competitive. They're always going to, and they didn't do a complete blow up. They, they just, well, and and the Braves did the same thing. They had a couple of bad years. They went down to the bottom of the division, and uh, but. They were building in the miners, and and that goes along with what Len said about you know building in the, instead of trading a Kellenic and and trading uh, the 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 Pete the guy they just traded this year. They should have kept those guys. They really didn't need a Cano. Um, or a Diaz, they, or a Diaz. I mean. I still say the that, only way to justify that trade is one day the Mets are the last team standing and, and Diaz is on the mound. That's the only way you got, that trade's going to be justified. Yeah, unfortunately, he's going to be facing Kellenberg Beck, and <laughs> he's going to hit a three-run homer and win the World Series for I Seattle. said the only way it's going to be justified is he's on the last guy on the mound. But, but remember this, guys. The Mets have still been in more World Series than any other expansion team. And even if, well, Houston is going into its fourth World Series, so there's still one behind. So it, it's all matter if you want to measure success that way. Wow. The You're really grasping. You're grasping at straws there. Well, I'm trying to stick with that, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go with laundry. I mean, of course I'm joking about it, but I'm trying to find some positivity here. But, but Jeff, you, you're right with, when you mentioned the Yankees, how they – basically did, I don't want to say tank a season, but they gave up a lot. And then within the next year, they were right back in, in the race, the Braves too. And unfortunately, where the Mets are, it's probably going to be, be slower, slower than that. And, and one other thing, let's, let's be honest here. They've had some incredibly bad luck these last couple of years. But they were winning. They were winning when they had all those injuries. And then when the guys started coming back, they went into the tank. 
I, I mean, that that's the weird part about last year. You would have thought that when they started getting starters back, that they were really going to go on a roll or at least maintain. And they just went, Foomph. I mean, what were they? The second half, it was incredible. The numbers, it was awful. Remember, it was, the, the ground wasn't there. So that, that you well, know, you can't dismiss that. Well, no, but they but they had gotten by with him being out before earlier in the season as well. So, I, you know, but, but, but no, I, I'm not putting it all on Degrom, but a lot of it, yeah. But you got to put a lot of it on. No, I put with on the, I put on the bad the Grom, They're still a low eighties win team. Barry, you you mentioned it earlier where they just couldn't get runners in from from second and third base with less than two. Yeah, runs. that's the problem. It's always been a problem. And you know, maybe maybe the the guys are trying to hit home runs, but you gotta get that guy in from third base. That that that's the biggest thing. How yeah. many times did they have the bases loaded in the first, second, third innings yeah. and got nothing? Right. With nobody out. Exactly. That's the problem. They got nothing in. That's what the problem was. So that is a big problem. Maybe maybe the biggest problem. I'll I will I will concede that that if we're putting a in order of the biggest problem, it's right up there with, with the DeGrom injury. I mean, that statistic that I mentioned before it is incredible. Uh, well, you know, uh, yes, it's, uh, it's a tough thing. It, it's, uh, we don't know um, what they're going to do. And again, with the, uh, the, um, bargaining agreement had to think about it then i'm getting like biden uh you just can't tell what what the heck is going to go on and what to do do you sign these guys now um do you wait that's why it was so important to to get somebody in here a general manager and and a president or a combined one uh, and even get a manager in so you can see what his philosophy is going to be. And, and you know, and again, I'm very big on philosophy. They have to develop a philosophy that goes from the top to the rookie league because you can't keep teaching these guys different things in the minors and then they get up here and they go, they got all this video and all this other crap. And then they're, they're stepping into the baddest box. Barry, you know that you get up to the T and if you're thinking, I got to keep my left, my right arm stiff and this, that, and the other, and I got to bring my left. You can't hit the ball. And it's standing there on a T. You, you, you can't hit the ball because it's paralysis by analysis. And I, I think that's what's wrong a lot with this team. And I think they're in love with the long ball, but that's me. But uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, uh, coming on tonight and trying to uh, solve this. And I, uh, I hope we, uh, if they listen to this, they'll get some ideas from us or uh, and I hope they, they make some moves and uh, we will do this again in the winter and uh, during, you know, Again, but uh, anybody want to push anything? I, I think Len did enough uh, work, but uh, <laughs> Len, Jeff. Always plugging. You know what? I'm, I will uh, do a plug. 
the Hall of Fame Veterans Committee is up voting in December. I encourage everybody to go to Twitter or Facebook or whatever you can, contact the Hall of Fame, and and you know push for Gil Hodges to be inducted this year. I mean, it's it's time. Absolutely. Do we know any of the members on the Veteran Committee this year? No. Uh, can uh, and is a manager allowed to be on it or not? On the committee? Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, okay. Well, no, because I I know when uh, uh, Baines got in, Harold Baines. It was a manager, uh, a lot. Right? They said that uh, Tony Larusa was on it and pushed right. and and really bullied everybody into putting him in. So I was just wondering if he can be uh, on the committee again. Uh, yes. We don't want him on. Look, they vote uh, every ten years. So I, I'm going to pull pull for three guys: Gil Hodges, Buck O'Neill, and. Doc Adams. Doc Adams. Okay. For people wondering who Doc Adams is, shame on you. <laughs> Look him up. Uh, or just check out their podcast and listen to his uh, granddaughter, great granddaughter. Great granddaughter. Right, great granddaughter. Yes. Yeah. What podcast is that? That you're referring uh, to baseball and barbecue go check it out and while you're checking that out also check out uh this uh the baseball talk radio show which i do with my good friend rich baxter who who's back he was on a little bit of a vacay there and uh but he's back now with me every sunday morning we record that and try to release it that afternoon and check out my golf podcast called Chip Shots. It's on YouTube and uh, also on anchor.fm for uh, audio version if you prefer. Uh, though by the looks of the numbers, not too many people prefer the audio version. So uh, we may just stick to a video version. <laughs> but uh, Anyway, uh, Barry, thanks so much for coming on tonight. You're welcome. Anything you want to plug? <laughs> no, could have done without the Biden remark, though, but that's another story for another day. Well, you got to watch that town hall and you'll see why I said that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I could stand here like this. But, uh, Jeff, well, you Len cut the losses there, please. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we, we, it was a good show until it was, it was a good show anyway would have liked to have gotten into how to fix baseball shorten the, these games because they're unwatchable especially the, oh, that's the, for sure. that John Smoltz is doing the commentary on <laughs> you fact, have to do what I do I watch it without the voice on yeah yeah Jeff <laughs> you mentioned that too I, I think that that's what we're gonna do, but the games are still so damn long. It's yeah, yeah. It, well, it's and very to, it's very hard to watch this. And they're losing their target, which should be their target, the youth. I think. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't. This is the confusion of Rob Manfred. They want to get younger people involved in the game, but these games are on too light, uh, too late. I said on Baseball Talk Radio Show, they should be starting this a half hour, an hour earlier. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, Wheel of Fortune being off of a station for a week is going to hurt anybody. 
or Jeopardy. Uh, people will give it up if they're baseball fans. Uh, and people love Jeopardy, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's the pace of the game that got to get fixed. An- another show for that, because I know I have a lot to say, and I know, Jeff, we were talking about it the other day, but these these uh, these four-and-a-half-hour games, when the score is three to one and there's, like, say, eight total hits in the game, there's something really wrong there. And even the announcers allude to it now and realize how ridiculous it is. But anyway, talking about a lengthy lengthy show, I think our podcast is <laughs> really longer than it should have. But it was, a, it was a good one. I enjoyed it, with the one exception. But all in all, I'll, I'll, it was an excellent show. And I look forward to doing it again real soon when the Mets have a general manager, a manager, and hopefully there's a collective bargaining agreement in place and we get to play a full 2022 season. Well, uh, I'm amazed they got the 2021 season in, but they did full season. So good on them for that. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this week's show. hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, uh, I want to thank my guests, Jerry, uh, Jerry, Jeff, and Len, and Barry, and uh, I don't, forget who the hell I am now, but uh, Gary Mack. Uh, Mac. <laughs> Everybody, have a good week out there. Hit the subscribe button and hit that smash button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube analytic people love it, and so do I. So. Uh, please uh, subscribe and you'll help uh, grow the show and let us expand to new listeners. So until next time, remember, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.